Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Talk about the seven biggest challengers to Aaron Judge in 10 minutes. Buster has a column on ESPN.com posted this morning. We're going to get his thoughts on how the Yankees can keep their now center five-tool center fielder who's the best home run hitter in baseball since, I mean, look, best clean home home run hitter in baseball since Harmon Killebrew, Mickey Mantle, who? But we start with the latest on Brown's quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, guys, has settled all but four of the lawsuits filed against him, attorney Tony Busby said in a statement Tuesday. Since March 16, 2021, 25 lawsuits have been filed against Deshaun Watson alleging sexual assault and other inappropriate behavior during massage sessions. Now, no criminal charges were brought. But of those 25 civil cases, one was dropped by the plaintiff when the judge ruled her petition had to be amended with her name. Protects her anonymity, drops the case. The other 20, Busby said, have settled. That leaves four outstanding civil cases, including Ashley Solis, the first woman to file a lawsuit against Deshaun Watson and the first to speak publicly and identify herself as a plaintiff. She is not one of the 20 women to settle. Michael McCann, Sportico legal expert, was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons and had this to say about the NFL and what it's looked into, Sean Watson, what these settlement mean, et cetera. We know that the league's investigation has been going on months. And even if he had settled all of the lawsuits today, I still think there's the issue of, is it too late? Because the NFL has done all this research on him. They've looked into his background. They've looked, looked into these allegations. And we also know the NFL doesn't hesitate to suspend players where the law doesn't find them at fault. So here we are. The NFL has done the research. They may have already formed the opinion. Key, do you think that it's possible that the settlement of the of 20 of the 24 can mitigate somehow Deshaun Watson's inevitable punishment from the NFL or suspension from the NFL, or do you think it won't make a difference in the length of the suspension one way or another? Yeah, I don't think it'll make a difference. They'll they'll come to that determination based on the information that they've gathered, speaking to the individuals, obviously gathering the data, doing their research, all those sort of things to to make a decision on the length of fine or, or suspension, so to speak, that would be handed down uh, on Deshaun, whether it's the entire season, whether it's six, eight, ten games. They'll come to that determination based on the evidence that they have. Jay, earlier in the show we were discussing, I was bringing up the fact that at least with those 20 settled for, from Deshaun's point of view, it won't be drip, drip, drip people with lurid details with people's names attached now. And that might make a difference. And you were saying, and, and Key was saying, 
that, in fact, once you hear it from the, even if it's just one, even if it's just well, Ashley Solis, you are aware that there were 25 and that. So do you think it makes a difference? Well, the, the likelihood, the probability is higher that it won't be drip, drip of information. But I, I mean, we've all seen multiple times where based upon anonymous sources, things are still leaked. Right. Um, so like, I, I, I do feel like that's inevitable. Since the, the the volume of people are, it's a lot. Um, but look, I, I think with the media attention around this, the amount of money that was given to Deshaun Watson, like it, there's a bigger story about it, right? Like in the face of all these allegations, the amount of money make it the biggest story in the NFL. What is the suspension on top of that? And when these people do speak, all it takes honestly is one person and I agree with Key. Key's original point for this whole past two hours has been that one person speaks for everybody else, uh, especially if you believe that if that one person says, hey, it doesn't matter what amount of money that you try to offer me, I'm not willing to settle. Like, that speaks volumes as well. <laughs> that may be. I agree with that point. But I'm talking about, like, without the other 20, because I'm, I'm sure they all have to sign ND, non-disclosure agreements, those are all those different news stories where they're talking yeah, to Max, someone and you're Max, reading about it. You're like, oh, my God, I've again and again people, and again. I've had a lot of people sign NDAs and still end up speaking out. Yes. NDAs don't really I mean anything I would imagine it would be less, me. though, than if they didn't sign them. No, right? I, I understand what you're saying, Max. If you hear from 24 different people, you're going to get slightly different variations of a particular story. They make it feel realer. But people that have behavioral issues in these type of situations stick to a certain script. The script may be altered a little bit. Let's say, you know, the script is altered instead of a a, a DM, it's a phone call, right? Instead of a a hotel room, it's a house. It's going to be altered a little, but the consistency part of it is there's a pattern of behavior that the NFL and the people doing the investigating look into to see. And we already know about that. And you yeah. kind of know it based on early reports that's out there. And as I said before, one speaks for the other 23. Okay? One speaks for the other 23. So how does this now, like what does the NFL do? Originally, we, a lot of, we were talking on this show and the consensus was uh, the NFL will give them six to eight. Let's say eight games, they'll argue it down. They'll peel it down to six. Now it seems key uh-huh. that we're hearing a lot more about, and I was unsure if he get, got on the field this upcoming season. I don't know. But now we're hearing a lot more of that. He might be gone for the season. He might be gone for at least 10 games. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with him being gone 10 games. I'm okay with him being gone for the season. Um, you know, because – when you look at it, and, and, and Jay bring up the, the, the huge contract that he was rewarded essentially to go to the Cleveland Browns because he was thinking about going somewhere else and they stepped up and gave him a little bit more money and they structured a deal as such that he gets guaranteed money, but this year salary is less than it would normally be. So he loses less money by missing the season. Potentially, potentially. Um because as far as we know, the NFL, what if the NFL decided to say we're not going to suspend him, we're going to suspend him a portion of this year, but we're also going to suspend him a portion of the following year? You know, you just don't, you just don't know what the situation is going to be. His contract, it is what it is. He was going to make $170 million 
anyway with the next team. I mean, he's going to make money with the next team. I don't think it's a slap in the face. I don't think it's anything like that because that's the business of the NFL. They got to pay their quarterbacks. It is what it is. I think in the end, though, when you start talking about a behavior pattern, things of that nature, there's a major suspension that certainly is warranted. I, I just, I'm with you, kid. The, the market is going to go up, and for a talented quarterback of his status, like he's going to warrant that type of price, right? Two hundred thirty million dollars. The timing of it, though, like the timing of it, of when it happened, juxtaposed to the fact that <laughs> twenty four women and feels like he's being start, rewarded, right? Yes. Yeah. The timing of it makes it feel as if he's being yeah. rewarded. Because and that the NFL is saying, hey, we're rewarding you for this. I know it's not the reality of the matter. But the fact but it is, look, it looks, the optics he, of it look it like looks it. like it really he bad. wanted out of Texas because this was coming down the pike, right? It looks like as a result of that process, the, he went to the highest bidder, $230 million, which jacked up his price in the whole quarterback market. Instead of 150 or 180 it's 230 It looks like the optics are that Deshaun Watson, you know, had a lot of bad behavior and as a result made an extra minimum $50 million, right? That's what it looks like. Don't forget he was in the middle of a contract. That's why I feel like the NFL has to be harsh here on this one, right? Because there have been, not to this degree, but there have been other things that have happened to occur with other players where people have questioned how heavy they come down on the suspension. So after everything that's occurred over the past three years, they heightened awareness around the community around NFL, like it's like, are they going to be accountable? Are you going to hold them accountable? That's and, the question that and, moves and, around and NFL. I, and I think, I think the the league has to get it right. They have to get, they have to get it right. It would look bad if the suspension was too low, and then more stuff comes out, drip drip, and now they bring it up, and so that says to me, we're talking about a year suspension. Yeah, we're talking about the NFL wants to cover itself. We're talking about a year suspension. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. What do your home and auto have in common? They're yours, and Progressive protects them both. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Let's get to a big story from Buster Olney this morning in Major League Baseball. The 3-2. Driven out to right center field. Margot back on the track at the wall. See ya. Home run. Aaron Judge. He's 25th, and it's a 1-0 Yankee lead. Buster only ESPN baseball insider with us now. Buster, good morning. What's going on? What's going on is my favorite team in all sports, the New York Yankees. Low-balled Aaron Judge in the offseason. They were willing to go to an age 37 contract, but they weren't willing to pay him over whatever it was, $217 million. And since then, all he's done is he's on pace to break the clean single-season home run record. And he's playing the best center field on the team. And the team is that has the best record this time of year since 98, which was the greatest team of all time. What do the Yankees now have to do to keep this guy, Buster? Well, they're going to have to wait almost certainly until the offseason. Uh, because if you're Aaron Judge and you're this close to free agency and you're checking every box, you're having about as good a season as you could hope for. You're going to want to get out into the open market. Uh, And then, as you know, Max, I mean, the refrain in baseball has always been all it takes is one owner, you know. Uh, And so if an owner from another team, the Giants, uh, the Chicago Cubs, Steve Cohen of the Mets, you know, the Red Sox, uh, they get involved in the judge sweepstakes. Who knows where this goes? But there's no question that uh, Judge set himself up for a huge payday this winter. 
Buster, when you when you look at it though, Aaron Judge is playing out of his mind. The Yankees are playing great baseball as of right now. Does this help though? The Yankees really get the inside track on re-signing their All Star. Yeah, and, and Key, I you know talked to a bunch of people and working on the the piece that's on uh, on dot com today about it, uh, and, and it was interesting because everyone acknowledges like the Giants have enormous payroll flexibility, you know, and they play in a ballpark that's 100 miles from where Aaron Judge went to high school. You know, the Cubs theoretically have the flexibility to go forward because in recent years they've cut their payroll. Uh, Steve Cohen is one uh, executive said to me, if the Mets don't win the World Series this year and they get close, you don't rule out what they do. But Aaron Judge also knows that if he stays with the Yankees, he can make so much more money off the field because he becomes the next Derek Jeter. Uh, you know, he potentially could be the next captain. And everybody who I spoke with who knows Aaron says, this guy wants to win. Like, he, he wants to have a chance to win every year. And it's been, what, 30 years since the Yankees had a losing season? So I, I, I and if I had to, you know, guess which where he's going to land in 2023, I think it's going to be back with the Yankees for a whole lot more money than they offered in the spring. Buster, well, who do you think is the biggest challenger to the Yankees in Aaron Judge's season? Giants. Uh, you know, in the off season, are you talking about during the season? You talking about during the season or during the bidding in the off season? Bidding in the bidding off season. I'm going to say the Giants because of the fact that they have just ridiculous amounts of room to maneuver. Uh, think about this: the only player that the Giants have under contract after 2023 is Anthony DeSclafani, a pitcher who they owe 12 million dollars. Besides that, they got nothing. Like it is a blank slate. And so, you know, and the Giants are a franchise you've seen in the past what one star can do. Barry Bonds filled their ballpark, gave them the opportunity to build a new ballpark. Uh, you could, if you're San Francisco, you know, look at Judge as being a guy that you're going to build a, you know, your lineup around for years to come. That all said, you know, I've had folks with other teams tell me, you know, Farhan Zaidi, who uh, runs their baseball operations, that's not the way he typically is going to go. And other teams are going to have questions about Aaron uh, you know, will he continue to be a productive player into his mid to late thirties? Because he's got a physique we've never seen in baseball. The biggest position player in the history of uh, Major League Baseball, according to to, to Baseball Reference, at six seven and two eighty two. So Buster, talking to Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider here on Keyshawn J. Willemax. Here's the nightmare scenario for a Yankees fan. I'm a Yankees fan. Yeah, you lose Aaron Judge. Period. Right. But the worst would be to the Mets or the Red Sox. Well, in New York, you still get to see them. Everyone shut up. No Yankees fan wants to see them on the Mets. Or the Red Sox, right? What are the odds? Uh, Giants, listen, I don't want him to leave, but if he had to leave, Giants I could live with. Mets or Red Sox, it would kill me. Can you get into those two scenarios, please? Yeah, and so with the Red Sox, it would have to be almost a a panic move by their ownership if they were to get involved because – uh, you know, in recent years, they didn't pay Mookie Betts. He winds up being traded the Dodgers. They lowballed Xander Bogarts, their shortstop, with an offer this spring. So he could be a free agent in the fall. Uh, to this point, it doesn't sound like they're close to signing Rafi Devers. If you're uh, John Henry, owner of the Red Sox, and you look at your ratings and you look at the fan interest, you see what the Celtics are doing, what the Patriots are doing, you know, there might be a way in the offseason to, to zigzag and get the fans' attention back. Aaron Judge could be that. I don't think that's going to happen. With the Mets, obviously Cohen is a guy who we've seen with his art collection. If he sees a piece of baseball art he wants, he can go crazy. And here's the, 
the real concern if you're the Yankees is that even if Cohen in the end doesn't believe he can land Aaron Judge, if in the end his intention is to relent, there is a lot of reason for him to go after Judge to push the price for the Yankees because guess what? Within two years, the Yankees and the Mets might be in a situation where they're potentially looking at the same superstar young player, Juan Soto. So if you're the Mets and you price the Yankees so far high on Judge that it makes it more difficult to uh, take a shot at Soto, you've served your purposes either way. You know, we can always use a, a, a Aaron Judge out west with the Dodgers. There's no question about it. And you know us. We like the star power. We will go after guys like a Hugh Darvish and Manny Machado, even though we didn't re-sign Manny and Trey Turner. But we've passed on Carlos Stanton before big money and Bryce Harper elected to take Mookie Betts instead. Could this be a situation where the Dodgers get in it? And everything you said is dead on the mark. Like, we have seen them year after year after year after going up the trade deadline get the best available player. You know, last year they were the team that spent big to get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. But, you know, I have my doubts. I know folks with other teams have their doubts about whether or not the Dodgers would pay another outfielder, especially in his 30s. Judge just turned 30 in April. uh, A huge whopper contract. Andrew Freeman runs baseball operations for the Dodgers. He came from the Rays. Uh, As you know, before they signed Mookie Betts, most of the time they kept their offers to around four years. They passed on Stanton, as you noted. They passed on Bryce Harper. And it seems unlikely to me that they would, uh, you know, want to have two guys in their 30s where they're paying, you know, 25 to $35 million a year. Could he he go up the road down south to to the Angels in – Maybe they retain Otani, uh, keep him, and add the add Aaron Judge to the mix because Artie Moreno doesn't mind spending the money. Well, and, and it, let's face it, he's been spending the money, and a lot of times it hasn't worked out. The Albert Pujols contract, Anthony Rendon contract, Josh Hamilton contract. But here, and I wrote a lot, a little bit about this. Uh, if you're in the Angel situation. They have a potential crisis looming in the next 16 months because Shohei Otani could be a free agent at the end of 2023. Guess who the most important person was in luring Otani to the Angels? That would be Billy Epler, their former general manager who now works for the Mets and Mm. Steve Cohen. (laughs) So, you know, if if you're the Angels, to me, you know, a natural progression this offseason would be to go to Otani and say, look, can we work out something? Can we work out some sort of a long-term deal? And if he stiff-arms you, then, yeah, maybe you do look at Aaron Judge to protect yourself in case Otani uh, has his eyes to go someplace else where he's a better chance to win. Talking to Buster only, ESPN baseball insider. Okay, so Buster, let's get it back to the Yankees. That's the team he's presently on. Aaron Judge winds up hitting 62 home runs this year. The Yankees win 115 regular season games. They win the World Series. They set the all-time record with wins, beating the 98, 126 wins. It's one of these scenarios, right? Judge plays an excellent center field, the whole thing. And now the Yankees realize we cannot let him go under any circumstance. You can't win the World Series with a guy who sets records left and right and let him walk out the door. Not if you're the New York Yankees. What does that mean this contract looks like, Buster? We already know it went from a two in the beginning of the contract, two under whatever, to a three. We're already into the threes. Does it go higher than that? Where does this contract land in an ideal scenario for Judge with the Yankees, Buster? 
Yeah, uh, and that's exactly right. That's the key number. The first number, will it go from a two to a three? From what I understand, uh, when the two sides didn't work out a deal back in April, they were miles apart because, you know, the Yankees felt like, look, we're offering you the second biggest contract ever for an outfielder, higher than Mookie Betts, higher than Bryce Harper, less than Mike Trout. What Judge's camp, I've been told, was looking for was for something around Mike Trout or over Mike Trout. So you would assume that you know coming off that year and, and under the, in the within the context that you just described, it would probably be somewhere in the range of eight times thirty six, eight times thirty seven. So just a tick over three hundred million. And it, with the X factor, could there be another owner who is gets Gaga eyes over Aaron Judge and said that's the guy that I want to be the face of my franchise the way that Artie Moreno did with Albert Pujols, with the way that other owners have done with other superstar players. that That is the absolute wild card that the Yankees are going to have to deal with. And I will tell you that in my time covering the Yankees, they don't typically waver in their evaluation. Remember when Robinson Cano was a free agent? Uh, you know, There was a big number out there from the Mariners, and the Yankees are like, no, you know what? We're good where we are. And they let him go. And that was It'd smart. Very interesting to see. That was smart, yeah. but I don't think this. By the way, I'll tell you what it is, Jay, real quick. It's going to be 313.5. Judge is going to make him put 100 on it. 100 over the original <laughs> offer. Watch. Russell, let me ask you this. So outside the box type thinking, is there somebody outside the box that you think would have the goal to come in and offer him that type of money? Well, I mentioned the Cubs, and that, that's an interesting scenario to me because let's face it, you know, since the, the dynasty or the, the would be dynasty we thought were, was going to come out of 2016, uh, you know, broke apart. When you look at the Cubs now, they've taken their payroll way down. They're kind of embarrassing, like where they've gone to. Uh, they're not close. And if you're Tom Ricketts, you're their owner, and you're looking for credibility, that's instant credibility. But it takes us back to the question. Would Aaron Judge want to sign up for what is essentially the outset of a rebuild in Chicago? A lot of the folks who know him say absolutely not. It will be interesting to see if, uh, you know, if they get involved in this thing. Boston only ESPN Baseball Insider joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Um, Buster, Max Scherzer said last night that he wanted to pitch in the big leagues, right? So, in other words, he's tired of the rumble pony. When, we, when should we <laughs> expect him back up? Yeah, how about in five days? How about in six days? He got his pitch count to 65 last night. Uh, he made it clear, look, I want to be in the big leagues. I don't want to be a rumble pony. <laughs> and typically the way that you know pitchers progress is they come back and rehab. He's got about 15 pitches per start. So he could be at about 80 pitches next time out. If you're Buck Showalter and you have the opportunity to get 80 pitches out of Max Scherzer versus just about anybody else in, in the universe – you're potentially going to take this. And I will tell you that, you know, in talking with the Mets about Max's rehab, they really believe that no pitcher that they've dealt with knows his body better than Max does. And if Max goes to them and says, look, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to give you the 80 pitches in the big leagues. I think they'll, uh, they'll co-sign. So it wouldn't surprise me if his next start was in the majors. Great stuff, Buster, as always. Thanks a million for jumping on with us this morning. Let's go, Dodgers! 313.5. Mark my words, Jay Key. This just cost Hal Steinbrenner $100 million by Mm. by playing games with Aaron Judge. And by the way, they better not go into this arbitration telling him how bad he is. Or somebody else. No, no, no. They can't let him walk out the door. Is Peyton Manning really harder to play against than Tom Brady? That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. You know, all this talk about Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, we thought, who could we get who'd be a completely impartial observer? You know, everyone confuses disinterested with uninterested. Mm. Disinterested means objective, like a scientist is looking at data. Who could be the most objective person possible that we could get to talk about this? So we rustled up (laughs) Peyton Manning's former center, Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. Jeff, you're here because we know you're going to give us the unvarnished, straight down the middle truth. How you doing this morning? <laughs> Fantastic. How y'all doing this morning? Doing always good. Jeff. Always good when you're here. Uh, so you heard Bart Scott say defenses were more scared of the quarterback you protected, Peyton Manning, that you won a Super Bowl with, than they ever were of Tom Brady. Do you agree, Jeff? Saturday. The impartial part of me says I absolutely agree with Bart Scott. You know it. I know it. Listen, I mean, these discussions, I played with Manning, right? Like, I realized how defenses changed, how the game really changed while we were all preparing. You know, I can remember whether it was Zach Thomas from the Dolphins or Ray Lewis in Baltimore. I mean, or like, go through them all, right, of, of, you know, how do do we make checks to what he's going to check to, um, the way that he saw the field, whether it was run or pass, trying to put you in the absolute best play. Um, and so I would agree the preparation for Peyton, uh, was, was next level. Not that it's not with Tom Brady, but I I would agree with that part. And then the other part Bart said is it's true. Like when you were thinking of the Patriots, I mean, the first, 
three or four times. They knocked aside the, the um, AFC championship game. They knocked aside the playoffs when I was with the Colts. You, you, their defense, I mean, you know, you could. You, it, it's a laundry list of potential Hall of Famers, if not they're going to go in. And so, um, in totality, their team was so good that it wasn't focused on, you know, specifically one guy. Whereas when we were the Colts, obviously Peyton got the, the line. Sure, other than the center that they had to face, you know, facing that quarterback was a tough challenge in and of itself, you know. Yeah, Jeff, that's correct. He admitted <laughs> checking. I forgot about the seven Super Bowls that Tom Brady has on his hand. I mean, come on, Jeff. What did you? What were you going to say? Of course you're going to say the guy who had his hands underneath your butt for however many years whoa, is the whoa, guy whoa, whoa. is the guy that invented checking out of bad plays. I wouldn't have any other ones. hands under my butt than his but look, for all those years. Let, let, let me ask you this, though. Which, which look, in the end, all and you know this because you also play with Aaron Rodgers. All smart quarterbacks are supposed to yeah. get you in and out of bad plays in the good ones. But Not true. The- Peyton Manning. Before Peyton Manning, quarterbacks used to look at a play and think, this isn't going to be good for- to hell with it. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> ben Peyton Manning said, why? We could do something else. And but, then everyone imitated. But what, what, in all honesty, though, Jeff, what do you think the biggest difference outside of the rings in where Peyton was drafted versus Tom Brady, the biggest difference in them as quarterbacks? Oh, that's a that's a great question. I I would say, um, you know, but both, and this is interesting. Even when I think about like Aaron Rodgers, like the style of Aaron and Peyton are so different. And I think early on, um, you, you know, Peyton Peyton was uh, a risk taker, and as Tom's you know kind of career progressed, he became very similar to that. Right, like. You got to think, I mean, because I mean, you, and, you and I were playing at the same time early on. Like, you remember, like, Tom kind of, you know, like, Belichick wouldn't let them make, you know, he was very, very conscious about, you know, protecting the football, doing this thing at all costs. And then as his career kind of came forward, I think he became a lot like, he and Peyton became a lot more alike in that they were going to stay in the pocket. They were going to manipulate the pocket. They, they were going to pre, you know, they, pre-snap diagnosis was vital to them. Um, and I just think that Peyton was there probably earlier in his career because of necessity, not necessarily because mm-hmm. of, but because of the way that the style of the two teams played, you know, our offense was going to be a lot more, um, you know, kind of challenging and going at you at that time. And then as, as everybody saw how good Brady was, that's when it was really allowed. I mean, you know what I mean? You think about his, his progression. I mean, that guy went from a, a defensive controlled football team to really becoming one of the most prolific offenses in NFL history so it was uh it, it was it was a longer process but again I think they both got to the same point where when I see Aaron you know Aaron still you know he, he wants to add lib much more than either of those guys does he wants to get outside the pocket he wants to threaten you with his legs and kind of you know make those those throws kind of off balance whereas Peyton and Tom um they're 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 both very similar being in the pocket manipulating that and then throwing strikes down the field so um, that, that's the way I see all of those guys, you know, in, in the, the times that I've seen a man played with them. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Jeff, Gronk announced his retirement yesterday on IG. I am curious, though. Is he really retired, or is he a guy that's going to let his body rest and then get that call from Tom Brady later in the season, come back for the playoffs? What do you say, Jeff? Man, this dude is—he's looking at that. He's looking at that preseason. 
He's looking at that summer ball. He's seeing temperatures are in the top hundies, and he's thinking, I'll see you guys late September, early October. That's what he's saying. He's waiting for that Brady call, you know, two or three weeks in. Man, my tight ends, either somebody got banged up or they're not playing like I want them. He knows the offense. He knows how to step in. Uh, Brady's going to make that that call, and here he comes off, you know, with a towel, man, swinging that towel, all getting the crowd excited. Here comes Gronk. I, I don't think this is uh, this is going to last. I just think, you know, from his body and the fatigue, he doesn't want to go through, you know, six, eight weeks of, of, you know, kind of getting his way into the season. Again, these guys know each other so well, Jay Will. I think um, – I, I don't think it's over. I, I, think th- I, think he, I think he has good intentions of retiring. I think that's the best way I could say it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it lasts when Brady hits that call. You know what I mean? I exactly, think he breaks Jeff. and goes back. Exactly. What, what could keep him retired? body I mean if, if he, you know you, you never you and I both you never know really how bad he hurts and and I think if he gets to the point where man you know he got banged up some last year couldn't go back in if he's just like man my body it just ain't responding whether it's my knees my back my rib whatever it is I think that's what keeps you away I, I don't think it's um you, you know even with the 17 games I, I don't think it's the longevity of the season I think he can prep that way and you and I both know you can protect him through practices but but if if every time you go out you hurt, I think that's what keeps him you know saddled up and and uh, and then potentially some massive TV deal you know some some Keyshawn or Jay Will deal that keeps him you know just rolling the dough man and he's like I can't go back I'm making too much in that media like you two you know what I mean that don't, big don't, money. don't start hey don't start those lies I don't need I don't need people thinking I make more money than Jay how do you think Jay affords those wide plank floors yes and then well, nice career marble countertops Jeff, we can talk about that over some wine later on huh you know from this conversation <laughs> yeah. what I can imagine I just had a thought of Jeff Saturday staring off to sp- in space at one point daydreaming and Peyton Manning happens upon him when they're both in their primes he goes what are you daydreaming are, are you are you thinking about Tom Brady's hands under your butt? How dare you? And Jeff said, all I see is one ring on my finger. But you don't know. The, see, <laughs> I, could have, I could have six more rings wait. on my finger. But see, you don't even know, Max. That's not even it. It's the silent count. Mm. That's the best for Jeff. Yeah, wait, Jeff. Mm. So Key, Key tried to do this to me a little bit. Uh, well, didn't try to do this to me, but we were at Duke. I was, I was and he's like, Jay, this is, this is the hand signal. I said, I was showing him the nice flutter, flutter under the silent count. Don't you ever flutter your fingers underneath me like that again. I was just showing Jeff, him. Jeff gazed, into, Jeff gazed into Peyton's eyes and said, don't worry. Only one quarterback will flutter with me. And then it turns out Aaron <laughs> Rodgers did, too. You had some good flutterers in your day, uh, Jeff. There's no question about it. One of the great centers. The great Jeff Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff, great to hear from you, brother. Love it, fellas. Y'all have a great one, man. Great talking to y'all. All right, Jeff. Keyshawn J. Will and Max Who is presented hands. by Progressive Insurance. What's wrong with you? Who had big, wait, wait, Aaron Rodgers? Or... He said, I wonder who had bigger hands. No wonder Jeff liked to play on, on the road with all that crowd noise. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> the legacy of Kevin Durant and the impact it has Jeez. on Steph Curry after Jay has this. You are ruthless. How am I going to pivot to this? If you're someone who skips breakfast, you're really missing out. And no, downing a cup of coffee as you're running out of the door doesn't count as breakfast, especially when you can start your morning the right way with a bowl of heart-healthy Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, oh, geez. You should already know this, but if you need a reminder, Honey Nut Cheerios have the irresistible taste of golden honey and provide 12 essential vitamins and minerals, making it a family favorite. So don't wait. 
pour your heart into today. It's oh so important. Pick up a box of Honey Nut Cheerios today at your local grocery store. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Most awkward things in sports, you're saying, Jay? That's a, I mean, like, well, Key. We were talking to Jeff Saturday, and yeah. Key was explaining what happens with a quarterback well, and a center. Well, not Very a very intimate sort of situation. Not only that, Key performed it on me at, uh, at Duke when he, were, he was like, well, Jay, You were the quarterback? Uh, no. No, he was a center. I was a center. center. And Key's like, this is, what the silent, this is what the silent count is. Yeah, I was and a, I saw his fingers just flutter in the place they shouldn't be fluttering, mm-hmm. and I felt awkward. We were in their indoor mm-hmm. facility, and Jay became the center. And I was a quarterback, and I said, when it's loud in domes like this and, and we go ready to practice indoors, we pipe in the music, we turn it up, and we go silent count. And the center, once the quarterback places his hands underneath his butt, mm-hmm. the center can't hear the barking signals. Mm-hmm. So then you have to flutter the center. Uh-oh. And it depends on what the snap count is. So if the snap count is on three, they give them three swipes, two so wait, swipes. Can, uh, so we talk Jay, about Jay tried out for the offensive line the next day. He was, I, he was, I, I, oh, wait, I realized at that moment that, that I would never be part man. of the O-line. I will never be the center on any team possible. No. The fingers are fluttering way too fast. Yeah, why can't that, they tap wait, the leg or something? That's when it occurred to you. You, you, you got to flutter there. You can't tap the guy's leg. Oh, okay. But I never grew up playing the center position in football. I know about the silent count. It's part of. I've heard it. I never experienced it. Yeah, it's Jeff Saturday's. You know, he's had two all-time greats. Yeah, 
Listen, if that's going to happen, that might as well be by uh, Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers. It's so loud at the line of scrimmage. Then why do you have quarterbacks barking out so many orders if you can't hear what the hell they're saying? Well, they're not in a in a, in a stadium, a dome. They're not barking out. An arrowhead it's, or it's, as a visitor. Another yeah, it's yeah. so loud in there, Jay, that you, as a receiver on the perimeter, you only look at the, the ball movement when you see the ball move. That's when you go because you can't hear them barking it out. You just oh, it's a silent count, and once he flutters, the ball goes, everybody goes. Mm. It's, it's, it's like that. Now, you're going to get the animation of people still barking out signals, making it seem. It's like it's, it's, it's loud as hell in here with 100,000 people. Why are you screaming? I can't hear you. <laughs> you know, but that's just the whole animation of the situation. Yeah, a little version of branding or yeast. Yeah, yeah, a little yeast and making it seem Theatrics. like they're really doing Theatrics. something. No, I don't love a lot of this imagery with the fluttering and the yeast, and I don't know. Well, but the most awkward thing in sports that I've ever seen. on the button basketball. The most awkward thing in sports, though, Jay, that I've seen as a player come out of the tunnel or walking somewhere, and someone goes with the husband standing next to him, I named my kid after you. <laughs> you look at the husband like, oh, yeah, I don't, yeah. He just stand there. He's smiling like this, dude. Yeah, that, that that's. I was standing that. there going, it was my idea. I probably <laughs> had that at least ten times at game. But what if it wasn't his idea? Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yeah. That guy, and the kid looked just that like him. That's a problem. Yeah. It's so weird. Baby Keyshawn. We're not going to ever give him the respect, I mean, that he probably deserves. And that's just the way it is. And like I say, the, the game hasn't changed. Kobe said it. LeBron said it. And so we're going to hold him to the same high standard. Whether he won a championship or not with the Warriors, how he did it, he drove the bus. He talks about driving a bus, right? Like, maybe it wasn't his bus, but he took the keys and he drove it. And he was the best player on that team. Keyshawn, J. Will the Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Ain't no love like the one I got. No one can. You better. Keyshawn, J. Will the Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Mm. Take yeah, man. Yeah. I, oh, I, I got to stop with the lyrics. Samples up. Going. Yes. Was it uh, four tops? No, is that four tops? Who, who did uh, I know the sample like the one I got? Yeah. It's, it is the four tops, isn't it? I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. I'm looking at Ain't you. Ain't no woman like the one I got. Oh, yeah. I would kiss yeah, the right. ground she walks yeah, on. It's a great song. It's a great sample. Yeah, great sample, great remix. Absolutely. <laughs> that's the thing about that's the thing about hip hop generally, like and rap especially, when people are like top forty music. So kids before there was all this streaming, you heard music just on the radio, right? And they play the same songs a million times. Top forty would be played a million times. So great songs would get played out in six weeks, right? Doesn't mean they're not great songs. You just play so what what hip-hop did was, oh, oh, wait a minute, we're not done with that song yet. Took it, chopped it up, took the best pieces of it, put it back together, and gave it to you again. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even know when <laughs> albums are coming out now. Like, the other day, I was like, oh, like, oh Drake's album going to drop tonight. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, honestly, never mind. Now. I just dropped. Why does dropped, he have like, to drop it at night? That's right. And Beyonce <laughs> dropping one. Beyonce's dropping one. Wait, I, I'm dropping my album at night. At, no, not just not at night. At 2 in the morning. Like, what does that mean? 
the old days, you had to go to the record store, literally, kids, and stand online. Oh, back when I was 10, back in the 50s, I had to stand online. Were you standing in black and white? Like what? Yes, actually, that, that is true back then. See, people think we just didn't have the technology, but in fact, the world was black and white back then. Yeah, it was. You uh, were, you're in front. Andre Snellings, ESPN NBA senior writer, <laughs> on why Steph, on why Steph, according to Andre incorrectly, was more valuable to the Warriors than KD. The top player in the NBA in 2016 and 17, which was the year before and the year of Durant, was Steph Curry. Um, You know, Kevin Durant has only been in the top five in real plus minus three times in his entire career, you know, and and that's including every stop he's made because he's an excellent finisher. He might be the greatest scorer that this game has ever seen. But when it comes to changing the way his offense and or his defense performs, he doesn't have the same level of impact on his team's offense that Steph Curry does because Steph Curry is not just scoring and, and, you know, putting up points. He's changing the way opposing defenses have to guard their whole team. There's no lies being told there. I mean, he's exactly right. You know, when Steph comes off a down screen, right, the amount of attention that he has off that screen because he has such a quick release, it draws the attention of the defense quickly. The gravity around his presence is overwhelming. Where as KD catches the ball off the screen, he's probably going to ISO you. He can still catch and shoot. It's, it's a different feeling because the, just Steph's ability to spread the floor, man, it extends the defense out drastically. It's just the impact is different. Well, it led to a whole <clears throat> argument. Conversation. Discourse. Conversation in which Jay got very frustrated and angry. Nah, you don't have to categorize me. <laughs> that's the be- by the way, that's my best quote, what you just heard. Very true. Play, play it again? Squirrel. It just makes a lot of sense to me. That is great talk radio, right? That's the best point I heard on talk radio my whole life. But it led to a whole thing like, if you, because Key was saying, and oh. I agree with this, the, the, the analogy I use is you don't need to hit the ball 500 feet to hit a home run. With KD on the Warriors, you have a 500-foot home run. With Wiggins on the Warriors, you hit a 400-foot home run. It's, it, yeah, but three set, But it's the same amount of runs. Up, it's going over the fence. Yeah, it's going over the fence. You That's don't the have main to thing. go dead center. You can go in a short part. You got to hit left. it out of the stadium. Just yeah. hit it over the wall, right? So I get that. And then the conversation but became. Just think about how much the floor opens up when you are hitting that 500-foot home run because the defense extends so much more. It opens up so much more space but, but, for other people to operate. No, I get that, Jay. But if I don't need Dave Kingman to hit it in the parking lot. Right. I can have uh, Steve Sachs get it right over the white line Worth at the top. the exact top. same number yeah. of runs. In, in same, in so, another championship is a cha- championship. But, but what wound up happening is Andre Snellings made the point that you – and Key made the point, and, and Andre backed him up. You can replace KD at first with Harrison Barnes, and you might win, you might not. With Wiggins, you won. If you had Paul George, you definitely win. With KD, you crush everyone who ever lived, right? Yeah. Okay. But, but – that it's easier, according to Andre Snellings, to find a guy to fill that role than it is to find a dude to fit the Steph role. Yes. But I would push back against that because forget about Trey Young or even a higher-level okay. Damian Lillard. To me, if you have a prime, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green, I think you beat everyone with Malcolm Brogdon at point guard. I think that you may, do. And that, and, and that, and that may, may be the truth. may be true. But also what Dre was saying, which, which was interesting to me, is that when you look at Kevin Durant and you look at where he is, where he was with the Warriors, he didn't 
he didn't say that you could definitively win a championship without Steph Curry on the floor. Steph Curry has so much to do with what they do. But then when you look at Wiggins, Wiggins is an all-star because he's with Steph Curry in Gold State. Yeah. Is Draymond Draymond without Stephen Curry? Great point. The best point is no, none of this not. stuff evolves this way if exactly. Steph doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, And that's a huge thing for Steph. No question about it. When you talk about is he top 10, is, who's going to be next in the top 10, Steph or KD? When, when Tim Duncan gets bounced, or according to Jay, Wilt Chamberlain gets bounced. An eighth, ninth, and tenth Super Bowl for Brady? Next. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.